Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Good morning. Welcome to Glory Church Online. My name is Kate McKinney, and my husband and I are the lead pastors here, and we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. This is such a fun and beautiful day that we get to celebrate, and I am honestly just so honored and so excited to be able to bring the message this morning. Moms, I hope so much that by the end of this, you feel seen and you feel honored and you feel celebrated. And I hope that everyone else, that you can celebrate a mom in your life today, but also that we can learn together. We are gonna be in Philippians again. We're continuing our series over this book. It's called When Suffering Meets Joy. And today's passage is so fitting, not just for mothers and Mother's Day, but it's for everyone. So as we listen to Paul's words, I hope that we can find a different way, a new way to have joy in the midst of suffering. And we'll be talking about a specific type of suffering that I think moms know a whole lot about. So today we'll be talking about how suffering meets joy when we celebrate other people's victories, especially and even if their victories come from our own suffering. And so this is where I see motherhood. This is just such a unique experience that we get to have, a unique way that we can relate to God. Um, I'm, so, I'm so glad that he gave us this opportunity as mothers to be able to relate to him in such a specific way. Just as Christ came and he gave his body, he gave um, his time, he gave his tears for his people, that's something that moms know a whole lot about. Mothers are very giving of themselves. They give so much. And I do wanna say that if maybe your relationship with your mom wasn't like this, um, I hope that you've had someone in your life that has come alongside you, especially if you're in the Christian faith, maybe you've had a mentor or a teacher that has been the support system for you. Like we see in this passage, Paul wasn't a mom, but he was that nurturer, he was that giver, he was that person that walked alongside people. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's go ahead and dive into the passage. We'll be reading Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. It says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life, so that on the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Like I said earlier, Paul was obviously not a mom. Paul was a church planter, and he wrote the book of Philippians to the church at Philippi from a jail cell. He knew a whole lot about finding joy in the suffering for the sake of others to know Christ. Even though he was poured out, he was stoned, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was in prison, it was to him worth it because people came to know Christ. 
even if maybe he had to teach the same thing over and over to the people at the different churches that he was starting, even if he was like, gosh, why can't they get it? Will they ever repent? Will they ever know? Will they ever step into their calling? He kept doing it. He kept being in the process with them. His heart broke for his people and for his churches, and yet he found joy because he knew that the work that he was doing was for their good and for God's glory. It's not that the suffering itself was joyous. It's not fun to suffer, but it's that seeing others win, seeing God win, brings joy. So he glorified God in all circumstances, and no matter the cost, it was worth it to him. And this is where I see motherhood. More than most, we know more intimately the cost of giving ourselves for someone else. We give our bodies. For months, we grow. We grow these babies inside of us, and it is tiring. It's not easy. Sometimes there's complications. Sometimes you're nauseous. Sometimes your bones hurt. Your joints hurt. Your belly stretches. You're uncomfortable. It is not a fun thing a lot of times being pregnant. Are there fun times? Yes, but it's a hard work and it is a type of suffering. And mothers give pain. They give pain as they labor, as they bring life into the world. And there's also a pain in miscarriage. Mothers that have lost their children, mothers that never got to hold them, or mothers that have lost children um, later on in their life. It's pain. It's heartbreaking. But we give it. And those moms, they give their all, even for their children who may not be with them anymore. Mothers give milk. A lot of moms endure the awkwardness and the pain of learning how to breastfeed. Their bodies literally flowing to give life to their child. And then other moms they're prepping and cleaning and sanitizing bottles so that they can feed their babies, so they can nourish their kids. Moms also do a lot of bouncing and rocking and swaying, anything they can to help their babies stop crying. They give a lot of sleep over to their kids. They lose so many amounts, so many hours of sleep, not just when they're babies, but as they grow, because we think about them and we're concerned about them and we're worried about them that we lose sleep. A lot of times I've even forgotten meals. I've forgotten to eat because I've been so wrapped up in taking care of my kids. I've got four small children and sometimes they just <clears throat> take everything out of you that you can't even remember to take care of yourself. As they grow up, we spend hours thinking about them, praying for them, crying over them, hoping, waiting. We worry and we mourn. We try to instill values in them. We might have to teach the same thing or remind them of the same thing over and over. We nurse their wounds, whether it's physical or emotional. We're there to care and comfort our hearts break for them as we have to let them go as they grow up and step out into the world. We suffer when they suffer. When they're hurt, when they're sad, we feel it too. And then a whole new set of pouring out begins as our children become adults, as they become parents of their own and we're trying to guide them and help them through that. 
And then maybe one day you have grandchildren and you kind of start the process all over again, being willing to give whatever you have for the sake of that child. The, the process of raising a child is never over. It's always continuing and a mother's work is never done. This process is not easy. There's no guaranteed results. Sometimes kids do things that we don't want them to. Sometimes they get themselves hurt or in places that aren't good for them. And we give and we give and we give, even if it hurts. It's clear that loving others sacrificially is not easy. It's painstaking and sometimes it seems to come with little reward. Sitting with anyone in their process is hard. This isn't just about moms. Sitting with anyone, suffering with them, being the one there for them, it's not always easy. We hope they win. We hope they find God. We hope that they step into their calling and their purpose and everything God has for them. And we hope that the time and the energy that we have spent for them, helping them along, is worth it. Suffering may just look like showing up again and again and again. Suffering might look like being okay, or dare I say, joyful, about being the one who's small, being the one that's behind the scenes, being the one that's lifting others up so they can win, being the one who just sits in the background, who isn't seen. Even though now our perspective of Paul is like that he's this big Christian, he wrote so much of the New Testament, he actually wasn't a huge deal. He wasn't the best communicator. He wasn't the one in the spotlight. He was a church planter. He went around and helped churches start and passed that leadership on to other people. So he sat with those leaders and helped them so that they could be the ones leading the people. And I think of Jesus in this way too. He was not an earthly king like everyone expected. He was nothing to marvel at. He wasn't popular, but he was a servant. And he came to be small. He came to be lowly. He came to suffer so that we all could be lifted up. And I think moms are the same way. Moms are some of the most unseen people in this world. They do more work. They have to consider more things, figure things out. They have to help in more ways than people even know that there is to be done, that there is to help, that there is to think about. Moms are the small ones, the ones raising other people up. They're the ultimate behind the scenes player, but everything would fall apart without them. Now, being small isn't really easy. It's not always fun. But I think God is calling us to be the small one in our relationships, to be the one that's willing to be poured out, to be the one willing to give so that someone else can succeed, so that someone else can win. Because it's through that that his glory shines even more. The goal is the same. We hope that these people that we love, these people that we sit with and process with, we hope that they will shine like lights in the world, that they will hold fast to that word of God, that one day we'll know that all the effort, all the suffering that we put in wasn't in vain. And we do get to see small glimpses of this along the way. 
I think of after a really hard day with my four-year-old. We could have been fighting or crying or all the things all day long, but then she climbs up into my lap in the evening and just says, I love you. And then I know that even though it was hard, even though she doesn't get it yet, she loves me and I love her. And there's that piece of joy, that celebration there of that soft, beautiful moment. Or maybe it's when your sibling does something selfless. Maybe they help a different sibling or you with a chore or with homework. Or maybe they step out in school and do something that's kind. These little glimpses of seeing those people win that we are suffering so much for are beautiful. There is abundant joy in the suffering of motherhood. And there is abundant joy in being small. But sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we don't see the things to celebrate. We miss the victories and the moments because we are kind of tired of being in the background. We're kind of tired of being small. We wish that we could be in front. We wish that we could be seen. And I think that's the hardest part of this type of severing is just really not being seen. It's feeling invisible, feeling unvalued and unappreciated. Selfishness and pride are huge roadblocks to pouring ourselves out for others and for the glory of God. Sometimes we want the glory for ourselves. We want the recognition. We want someone to say, good job, or thank you, or I'm so proud of you, or that's so awesome that you did that. And when we don't get it, we kind of don't want to give it to others. We become judgmental. We think that we deserve it, and maybe they don't. Honestly, I work really hard for my family. And sometimes I just want them to see it. I want them to notice that I did the dishes four times. I want them to notice that the pile of laundry that's been there for a week isn't there anymore. I want them to see all these things that I'm doing for them. And I want to make it about me. I want them to make it about me. I want them to tell me how awesome I am. Does anyone see what I'm doing for them? Does anyone see my hard work? Does anyone appreciate me and my sacrifice and all that I give up so that I can help them do what they're called to do? It is hard to keep giving when you're unappreciated. It's even harder to celebrate others when you don't feel celebrated. And I don't want to minimize this. It, it's hard being unseen. It can mess with your um, mental capacity. It can mess with your emotions. And it's not supposed to be that way. But when we have this mindset of, what about me? What about me? Then we end up judging ourselves by the honor that we receive or we don't receive, instead of finding our worth and our identity in Christ. We feel like we are worth nothing and that our work is meaningless because no one has called it out. There's nothing wrong with wanting this. There's nothing wrong with needing affirmation. Paul even says it's supposed to be an exchange. He says, I rejoice with you and you also should rejoice with me. 
But it gets tricky when we just focus on the rejoicing for me part. When we focus on our desire to be seen and our desire to be rejoiced, it's a problem. We end up valuing our appreciation and our recognition more than we value God's glory and what his work is doing in us or through us. Because we see it as our work, our sacrifice, all the things that we're doing, and it doesn't become God's work anymore. Our focus becomes blinded because we're only thinking of all the things that we do and we become bitter. And this leads to grumbling and disputing and arguing. I feel unseen and I'm not happy. I can get passive aggressive. I can retreat and withdraw. I get easily angered and frustrated when things don't go my way. I can withhold myself from people because I feel like they don't deserve my attention. I can get prideful and judgmental because I feel like I'm measuring up, but no one else is, even though these standards are completely invisible and unspoken. But see, that's the problem because Paul says do everything without complaining, without grumbling, without disputing so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in this generation. So when we lean into our selfishness and we would rather get the glory than have God get the glory, we're not blameless anymore. We're not giving that sacrificial love. We're hurting those that are around us and we're not teaching them. We're not supporting them to become more. We're not supporting them to find their calling. We're grumbling and we're complaining and we're just thinking about ourselves. We're being a poor example of what it looks like to love God and follow God. So how do we combat this feeling of just really wanting to be appreciated but also acting blameless towards others? I think it comes down to when Paul says this, even if, even if I'm poured out, even if I'm tired, even if I've said the same thing five times, even if I'm the one that's helping my friend over and over and over again, and they're just still not getting it, even if I'm in physical pain, even if I'm frustrated, even if I feel unseen, I am glad. I am glad, and I rejoice with you all. I love that he doesn't just say, I'm glad. He doesn't end there. He says, I'm glad and I rejoice. He's vocal. He is vocal about their victory. He is vocal about all the things that they're winning at. He rejoices. The remainder of chapter two is Paul talking about a couple of people in his life that he has been that mentor for, that he has spent countless hours talking with and teaching and correcting where he's probably had a lot of times where he was just like, I don't know if this is going to be worth it. But he rejoices and he talks them up. He says this of Timothy, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he served with me in the gospel. What a high compliment. What a beautiful display of their relationship, a son with a father 
And then here he is telling everyone at the Church of Philippi about how awesome Timothy is, how he's proud of him. And then he says of Epaphroditus, he calls him a fellow worker and soldier. He's a messenger and a minister. He asked the people of Philippi to receive him with joy and honor. He mentions that he almost died for the work of Christ. He wanted them to receive him with joy, to receive him with honor, because he's been doing a good work. Paul isn't focused on himself. He isn't grumbling because he's in prison and he can't go to them. He isn't complaining about the fact that he's not the front man anymore. He also isn't saying, hey, I'm the one that made them that way. You should thank me. I helped them get to where they are. You should appreciate me. No, he's not doing that. He is okay with being small. He's okay with letting God get the glory. He's okay with letting them get the spotlight because he understands that there is a bigger picture. I think about my days in cheerleading. I was not the one that people looked at. I wasn't the one in the front row. I wasn't the flyer and the stunt that everyone was like, oh my gosh, how cool is that? I was somewhere in the middle. I was usually a base lifting up someone else into the air. I got falled on a lot. I got hit and bruised. I even broke my nose a couple times. But I loved it so much. It was so fun. And even though it came with some suffering, I was so proud to be able to say, I was part of that team. I was part of that performance. I was a vital part. I had a vital role in making that come together. Paul understood that he was just a piece of a beautiful, intricate puzzle, a piece that was needed, but a piece that wasn't the whole picture. So he didn't need all of the recognition. And he knew that his job was to lift others up. Instead of wanting his own fame, he was proud of his friends. He knew that they were doing what God had called them to do, and he was so excited for that. And he was confident in himself and his work and who he was in Christ. He knew that God saw that he worked hard. He knew that God understood where he was. He knew that God saw him. He did not need the recognition of man to affirm the calling that God had given him. He was established in Christ to do his work, not his own. And one of those works was lifting others up and rejoicing for them. Celebrating others helps us to not feel small. In fact, it helps us to realize our vital role in the bigger story that God is playing out. One day we can be assured that God will rejoice over us and that he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I think his rejoicing over us is all that we truly need. And we need to remind ourselves of that. So let's follow Paul's example. The act of speaking out celebration 
helps turn our suffering into joy. It gets us out of our heads. It gets the focus off of ourselves. And it proclaims the victory in Christ that he has given people. Not that they have been victorious, but God is working in them. Even if we feel like we're waiting for our victory, we can still rejoice for others. Let's get better at rejoicing for them. Let's get better at celebrating them. Let's celebrate their wins when we don't feel like we're winning. Let's rejoice for our friend's success, our spouse's success, our coworkers' success. Even if we helped them along the way and we're not getting recognized, we don't know how much they might have needed this win. And we don't know what God is going to do with it. It's probably going to be something greater than we could have ever imagined. Let's celebrate our friends or our family when they finally have that aha moment. Even if it's something that you have been telling them and telling them a million times. Let's be glad and rejoice. Let's celebrate our friends when they have the courage to finally step out in faith. Even if we knew it all along, even if we told them they could do it and they told us they couldn't, whenever they do, let's rejoice for them. Let's not say, I told you you could do it. Let's not make it about us. Let's make it about them. Let's also rejoice when others get something that maybe we want or achieve something that we're working towards. Because rejoicing really isn't about that thing. It's not about what they get or what they achieve. It's about them. We rejoice because we love them and we love who they are. And we are so glad that God is for them. Paul says something similar in 2 Corinthians 12, 14 and 15. He says, For I seek not what is yours, but you. Children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? I think sometimes we think that if we celebrate others. And that means we're not worthy to be celebrated. But our celebration of others does not mean that we're less than. Even though we may not have the spotlight, we're not any less valuable or worthy in God's eyes. In fact, we're right where he has called us to be. And he is happy and rejoices over us that we are listening to him and following him. God cares for you and he sees you. Even when you're small, you're still loved. You're still secure no matter what. And that's the reason why we can celebrate. That's the reason why we can have joy in suffering. It's because we know where we stand with God. So, like Paul said, that he wanted to rejoice for them and to have people rejoice for him too. Right now, we're going to do some rejoicing. We're going to do some celebrating. I want to celebrate some small people. I want to celebrate some silent sufferers, some people that give everything for others. Those moms that pour themselves out over and over again. Our world depends on you, and you are worth celebrating. I know moms a lot of times feel unseen. 
And it's so sad that, that you do. It's so sad that we feel that way. You're the greatest cheerleader for a lot of people in your life. And you deserve to have a cheerleader. So I want to rejoice because of you, because of who you are and what you do. Mom, your body is beautiful. No matter what shape it is, no matter what size, no matter how it has changed over the years, your body is beautiful and it is strong and it has done a good work. Mom, you are capable. You are capable of more than you know. You are strong and God has plans for your weaknesses. Even though you feel like there are many, they are going to be used for the glory of God. Mom, you are resilient. You get back up. You love when it hurts. You can grow even after you feel like you have lost yourself. Mom, you are more than enough. Even if it feels like you're not, even if it feels like you have nothing less left to give, you are enough. Your, your children love you and they cherish you. The work that you do is important, Mom. Even if it feels monotonous, even if it gets undone in five minutes, it's important. Whether you work at home or you work outside of the home, you are supporting your family and teaching your family and showing your family what it means to love people. Your guidance is needed. Mom, your guidance is needed and appreciated. Whether you're helping a child who has a, a problem with a friend from school, or maybe you're comforting a broken heart, or maybe you're helping your child figure out how he's going to get into college or where he should go. Maybe you're guiding an adult child through the ups and downs of this crazy world. Your guidance is valuable and we need it. Mom, your prayers are heard and they make a difference. The eternal impact that you make for your children by praying for them is powerful. Even if you don't see the fruit of your prayers, they are worth it. Mom, your love is pure. It's abounding. It grows each day as your child grows. Your love nurtures and comforts in a way that nothing but Jesus can. It is a beautiful love. Mom, you are seen. You are heard. You matter. You make a difference. Mom, you are worthy to be celebrated. Not just today, but every day. I celebrate you, moms. I am forever grateful for all the moms in my life, my own mom, my mom friends, people that have walked with me along the way. I am thankful for you. And you have impacted me in ways that I could never express. So I hope you can continue this act of celebrating without complaining, without grumbling. 
that you can go out this week and you can look for those people in your life that need a cheerleader, someone that needs that encouragement and that support. Maybe you're that person, that person that can step behind them, the person that can lift them up, the person that can be poured out so that God can be glorified. Try to find ways to celebrate all the small wins around you. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.